0: Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. So last week I had this analogy of being on the front foot and um, I realized, you know, like a cricketer that, that needs to be on the front foot when facing balls, um, being bold at him, he's, he's got to get out and, you know, if he's got not get out. He's got to be there and be on the front foot. And if he's trying to preserve his legs, he's going to lose his wicket, right? So it's the same with what Jesus said. If you try and preserve your life, you're going to lose it. So he's saying to us as believers, we need to be on the front foot in terms of our faith. We need to be going there. We, we've, we, we can't have self-preservation as the priority, We've got to have faith and and what we do through our faith as the priority. And so then he just reminded me of putting on the armor of God and like a cricketer will put his pads on and his helmet and, and all of that and that you know growing up I was always thinking I've got to put the armor of, of God on and then wherever I'm standing the enemy's just gonna come at me. And and it's kind of a, a, a passive Viewpoint of the armor of God, you know, like just put it on, and as you stand there in the wind, is this going to knock you? and <laughs> But let me tell you what, the armor Saul did not have his armor on when he was in the tent, before he sent David out. He didn't have armor on. In other words, armor is for those who are actually going out and doing something. You got it? So when he says, "Put the armor on." He says, put it on so that you can go out. Because this isn't a battle against flesh and blood, but principalities. And So, if if you're not going out there and doing it, you're probably not going to be facing spiritual battles. So, when you go out, you're going to face spiritual battles. And you've got the armor on. You're ready for it. You're like, I was waiting for this. I'm not going to be hit down, knocked down, beat backwards. I'm going to go forward. So, one of the weapons that he's given us when we go into battle is prayer. Someone say amen. Amen. (laughs) And I want to go to Ephesians 6. It's, It's where he talks about putting on the armor of God. But then afterwards he says something really important. He says, pray at all times Ephesians 6 verse 18 pray at all times Amplified says on every occasion in every season say that with me pray at all times on every occasion in every season Now, I don't know if you are anything or are anything like me, but I find that my prayer life seems to go up in certain seasons and down in others. When the grass is green and the orchids are full and you're picking fruit, it's like prayer life goes down. And then it picks up. And God says, pray in every season, in every season occasion. So prayer is so often correlated to a cry for help, but prayer is so much more than that. It's a cry of help, but it's also a prophetic declaration in the good seasons. And So we need to be praying in the good and the bad, in the dry and the wet, in the much and in the little. We need to be praying. Our prayer life should be Powerful and full in all seasons. So God just said this to me just while I was preparing this week, saying, God, what's on your heart for us as a church? And God said, princes, pray and prophesy. Simple. Princes, pray and prophesy. Anyone in the room, ladies, to want to be a prince? <laughs> What does a prince speak of? It's exactly what we read in Psalm 8. It's that dominion and power that God gives us. And so we get to carry the same power and authority. We're not Jesus, but we're definitely His ambassadors. We're definitely His body. And so we carry His authority on earth. And here's what he says, I'm just turning to Ephesians, I've got it written down, but I want to turn to the, the word here. It says, pray at all times, in ev- on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty, to that end. In other words, so that you can keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance. And here is an important part, interceding on behalf of all the saints. And then Paul says, pray for me. And this is so important. I just want you to take this next line and just put it somewhere. Put it in a shelf somewhere while I speak. He says, and pray also for me, the freedom of utterance. Have you ever been in a place where you don't know what to pray? Paul says, pray for me. So that I know what to say. So that I know how to, to pray and declare and even share the, share the word there. Okay, so, here's what I want you to... Here's, here's the important part. So that you can keep alert and watch interceding on behalf of all the saints. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Paul writes and he says... His gifts were varied. He appointed to us apostles, prophets, preachers, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he says here his intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. The work of ministering towards building up Christ's body, the church. And I realize... In the church context, our prayer has two very important functions. One, we need to be praying to build up one another, to build up the body. It's such an important part of our lives that we're able to pray and declare God's word over one another. As Paul demonstrates by asking, pray for me, so that I may be full of my words of utterance. So the first group that I see in church are those that that love praying for others. Are there any of those in the room this morning? You just love praying for people. You're filled with a passion to pray. And there's those that come in the door and really have a cry for help. And they they really... Now, at different times, there'll be different people in the groups, right? Sometimes I feel like all I want to do is just cry for help. And at other times I feel like, man, I just want to pray for everyone I see. I'm in the mall going, bless you, bless you. (laughs) Had a crazy friend. I was with him at Pick and Pay when he went to the mic. Hello. Hello, R5. I just want to pray for someone. Anyone in R5 need prayer, just come to the manager's office. His name's Chris Overstreet. Crazy. Bill Johnson said Chris makes him scared. So, <laughs> so he's a good friend of ours. And um, he he inspired me, not that I've been able to do that continuously. <laughs> but this guy's so hungry to pray for people. So hungry just to to bless people and, and see miracles take place in their lives. I was, I was just reminded, Bruce was here and he read Mark 17. And it said, these signs will follow the believers. You know, we come to church and we expect that the signs and wonders will follow the teachers and the pastors and the evangelists and the apostles and the prophets. But it says these signs will follow the believers. That's us. That's us in the room. These signs and wonders will follow us. God's intention was never just the perfecting and the equipping of the prophets and the preachers, the teachers, it was always the full equipping. And the perfecting of the body of the church. And his intention is that we're all. All walking in our calling. As princes. Princes who walk in their authority. Who walk in, in who they've been established to be. Knowing that they are children of the Most High. So they come with all the benefits of being children of God. And they, they walk in it. They, they, you see it all over them. That's, that's God's intention. And I want to encourage you, if you're in the group that loves to pray for people right now, I just felt God say this as well. When we pray for people, we must pray in such a way that we leave that prayer on the lips of those we're praying for. In other words, when I come and I pray for someone, when I finish praying for them, they walk away praying the prayer that's just been prayed. They walk away with the confidence and the faith and the belief to say to utter what 's just been prayed over their lives god 's inviting us as children to pray directly to him to to receive input directly from him and so sometimes there are groups of people that are full and they just as we said there 's some that that have a, a cry and and need need to just they need someone to pray over them, but other times there's people that are full, and yes, they're flowing and they've got something to give, yes. But the expectation shouldn't be that certain people are more anointed to pray and believe for miracles than others. So when we're in the praying group, we've got to pray in such a way that that we we give someone the words to say. We give them a little bit of our faith. We say, come on man, I've got some faith, you can have it too. And now I'm going to pray these words over you and I'm going to stand with you. And immediately we're two together. <laughs> yes, the prayer of a righteous man does wonders, but the prayer of two. And suddenly you have that person who's, who's asking for prayer, suddenly saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going I'm to join you in that prayer. I'm going to join you in that faith. Yeah, I see your faith for my healing. And now I'm going to start declaring it with you. I've got the same faith and the same power. And so our role as believers is to lead other people into faith, those who need it. Say, man, yes, here's a gift of faith. Let me show you how to draw from the wells of salvation with joy. So here's the prophetic word. Isaiah 32, and it says, Behold, say that to the person next to you, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness. That king is Jesus. So he's seeing it, he's saying a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule with justice. Say that's us. And each one of them shall be like a hiding place from the wind, and a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry place. Church, God's calling us to a higher calling. He's saying to each one of us, we need to be a shelter from the storm. We need to be like streams of living waters. And when people cry out, and they cry out to Jesus, we're saying, come, Come, let us show you who Jesus is. Let us show you the power of Jesus. We are your body. We are your hands. We are your feet. But we take on the mandate of princes. Dressed in the armor of God's righteousness. And we're stepping forward in the power and the dominion that God has given us. God, who is what is man that you are so mindful of him? Then the eyes of those who see will not be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen, and the mind of the rash will understand knowledge and have good judgment, and the tongue of the stammerer will speak readily. Paul prays. He says, pray that I may utter and speak readily. And Isaiah says, Man, you will speak readily. What is he saying? We will speak. We will pray and we will prophesy readily. (laughs) Prophesying is to be inspired and to declare the word of God. In other words, to at all times declare his perfect intention for us. It's not something with heebie jeebies, it's just being inspired, being attentive to the Holy Spirit. And declaring his perfect intent, princes will pray, and they will prophesy. But as I read down through this verse, he, he, you know, you know, you know what a good sandwich is. (laughs) Start with the good, and then you've got something that you've got the meat you want to deliver. So he's got a little bit of meat there in the middle that he needs to just deliver. Maybe it's I don't know, like a sauerkraut or uh, something in the middle. <laughs> yeah. What I mean is, you know, you, you've got feedback. Anyone know what a good feedback culture is? And when you're receiving feedback, is there anyone in this room that really needs a sandwich? Like, 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 <laughs> like, first you need to be told how awesome you are and how wonderful you are. And then the little bit is like, this is what needs to change. And then you need to be told how awesome and how wonderful you are again, right? Right? <laughs> so there's a little bit of a sandwich going on here in this prophetic word. <laughs> if you haven't practiced the sandwich and you always get this, like, you know, attacking spirit when you're speaking to someone, you know, that needs feedback, try the sandwich, okay? it will It will save you and rescue you, okay? <laughs> so, Isaiah says, man, there will be princes, and you will rule with justice. But then he says "Yeah." he says, rise up, you women. That's women who need feedback, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm getting into trouble here in the front. Okay, so he says, rise up, you women. Now, now men, if women can be princes, we can be Now, it's nothing weird like, you know, out there stuff. Okay. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the word applies to us all. Okay. The word applies to us all. Okay. So, rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice, you confident and careless daughters. Listen to what I'm saying. Now, he's saying that. And then he goes on, he says, In a little more than a year you will be shaken with anxiety, you careless and complacent women, for the vintage will fa- fail, and the ingathering will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease, shudder with fear, you complacent ones. Strip yourselves bare and gird sackcloth upon your loins. They will beat upon the breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine, for the land of my people growing over with thorns and briers. I'm just trying to get over this, you know, as quick as possible. Getting to the good part again. Yes, for all the houses of joy in the joyous city. And there's, that's the important, there's a why to all of that. Why? Because the places the, for the palace shall be forsaken. And God was saying, something has been taking place where people, even believers, have been forsaking their place, of, their place in the palace They've been forsaking their calling as princes. Why? Because it's been so good. They've been at ease. Now, culturally what would happen is the the boys would go and work with the fathers. And they would study and they would learn. And you'd have these daughters just running around pretty much with no purpose other than to be a daughter. And so what what he's saying is there's some people that, that, I'm not talking to, you know, my daughter's looking at me now, what are you going to say next? (laughs) We don't live in that culture or that community, thank the Lord, we don't. Because there's a calling and a purpose on every single purpose. But the reality was, if you grew up in those days as a woman, you did not have a calling, you did not have a purpose. And so you were out of touch of the responsibility that was required in the palace. The peace and the protection of the nation. It was the man's job to go out and fight in the army. And protect the land and go and till and toil and, and all of that. Now, he's speaking to a specific group of people. Now, hear me. There's a specific group of people that sometimes when it's good, we just enjoy it. Like, you know, Willie's card... My wife's like, hmm. <laughs> but we, we're privileged enough to live in plenty, and someone else has done, brought the provision. Someone else has stepped in with faith. Someone else has pressed in for the goodness of God, and many of us are blessed to live in wealth, in prosperity, in blessing, in 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 fact. I, every person in the, sitting in this room is privileged because of what someone else has achieved. I was so struck in Kimberley, coming past, you know, we went to Kimberley and, and I saw the War me- Memorial and, and it said, this is a reminder for those who live now with hands unsoiled." In other words, there were people that paid a price for the freedom and the blessing that we get to enjoy. And let me tell you what, in, in our society and in our culture, we live in, we actually live with a lot of blessing. There's, there's a lot of grumbling and, and, and stuff going on. But the reality is, if you look at your life, and you look at our, the ability to just freely come and worship on a Sunday, there are nations where it is forbidden and you're going to be thrown in jail. And we live in in Blessing. And sometimes that blessing brings complacency. May we not live like daughters with the wheelies and the true words card that Daddy has provided, unaware of the cost that it took to get that card in the hand. That's what he's saying. And so people have forsaken their front foot approach. The power that comes with being a prince, the you know, there's so many, it's, 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 um, it's, it's one of the cliche movie themes is, is the, the evil prince that just wants to take control and use up all of the resources and actually is just completely stupid and has no idea what's going on. Have you, have you seen a movie like that? Uh, okay, there's many. It's, it's a cliche, It's a common theme. And so often as believers, we live in the blessing. Man, Jesus Christ is Lord. And we've heard that since growing up. And we've forgotten how powerful that is. What it means to actually say, Jesus Christ is Lord. To revere Him as a King and submit our lives to Him. And realize that through the surrender, we receive authority. The Bible says, may He give us the authority to become children of God. There's an authority that comes with being a child. There's a responsibility that comes with being a believer, right? We don't believe just to save our own skins. We believe and take up a responsibility. And for years, I grew up in a culture where I thought taking up your cross meant that I'd literally have to get a cross. And sacrifice my life. And lose everything that's good. And people walk around like that. Oh, I'm just, I'm just sacrificing my life. I'm picking up my cross. I'm going to be a martyr for Jesus. And that's not what Jesus meant. What he meant was. Take up the power that comes through the resurrection. And carry it with you. Wherever you go and realize that you have a responsibility and a purpose to believe, not just for yourself, but to believe for the community around you. Carry the cross, the power of the cross, and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. So carry that with you. And understand that you have tremendous power, not to control your neighbor, but to bless your neighbor. Princes will pray, and they will prophesy. Why? Because you this power is like it's just in you, and you know that when it's given. When someone grabs hold of it, man, there's a change that takes place. It's a powerful picture of what takes place in our hearts. When, when we as daughters who live in the blessing can actually understand the power and the authority that is available, and the reason for our blessing. Does that, does that make sense? There's a, there's, some, there's a powerful change that takes place. Okay, let us go to... Okay, verse 15, before I go on. Verse 15 of Isaiah 32. The, 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 the bun, the, the, the bottom part of the sandwich. It says, Until the Spirit is poured out upon us from high, and the wilderness becomes a field, And the fruitful field is valued as a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness. And righteousness will abide in the fruitful, fruitful field. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness will be quietness and confident trust forever. My people will dwell in a peaceable habitation. In safe dwellings and in quiet, resting places. And we need to contend for that. Because there is a king, and we are the princes that reign and bring peace and justice. You are a prince in the throne room, come from the throne room of God, who has been given the same power that Jesus has. All authority was given to him, and he gave it to to us. Right? Right? okay let's go to one samuel i think it's two now let's just find it quickly how powerful is this one samuel two verse one hannah prayed just 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 see like that hannah prayed i want you to see the power of her prayer who was hannah hannah was someone that was barren Right, And she came year after year and cried for help. And the priest Eli thought she was crazy. He's like, so you don't come here drunk. <laughs> She's like, I'm not drunk. I am praying. I am interceding. I have a cry for help. I am barren. And her husband would bless her with a double portion of offering, of meat, Right? Why? So that she could spend twice as much time in the sanctuary praying. Isn't that amazing? If you read that, it's not like, oh, here we go, you can have two spare ribs just because it's lacquer. No, he gave her a double portion of an offering to give. And she would take that double portion and give it to the priest so that she could have more time in the sanctuary in prayer. Isn't that powerful? Now, Hannah prayed. Hannah is praying there, verse 1. This is after Samuel is born. And her prayer changes from a cry of help to a prophecy. That's what's taking place. She's now praying in prophecy mode. Anyone know how to pray in prophecy mode? Anyone in the room? Okay, some people in the room. Something takes place where you get together... And you're going to pray over something and, and you can either come as the victim and, and, or you can come as a prince and you say, welcome Holy Spirit into this room. And you wait for the Holy Spirit to stir your heart so that you can now pray in prophecy mode. The Bible says in Proverbs, I think it's 17 verse 11, just off the top of my head, he said, the desires of the righteous always bring good. The desires of the righteous always bring good. Some people, and this is if you're not in the throne room, you're going to be doubting. You're going to be like, I want to pray, but I don't know if I'm praying my own desires. What, is, what does Proverbs say? The desires of the righteous always bring good. Wow. So that means if God's placed something on my heart and I'm leaning into the Holy Spirit, then what I'm about to declare is good. I don't think the penny's dropping. God created and He created man and He created the earth and everything, and then He stood back and said, It is good. So the desires of the righteous always align with God's declaration of it is good. that's what happens when you pray in prophecy mode. Last week we had don't be in SP mode. Now you must be in PP mode. Prayer and prophecy mode. (laughs) So now you pray. And so here's Hannah and she's saying, Lord, my heart exalts and triumphs in the Lord my strength. My, My strength is lifted up in the Lord. My mouth is no longer silent, for it is open wide over my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation. God promised us this year that we will draw from the wells of salvation with joy. And Hannah declares, My mouth is no longer silent. Come on, what did Paul ask for prayer for? That his mouth would be no longer silent. What did Isaiah say? Hear my voice. The utterances of the people. When we're speaking and not silent, we're in the palace. That's where we are. We're in the throne room. Declaring the very, very words of God over our lives. Okay. Proverbs eleven twenty three. 23. So... That Proverbs 11.23 is the desire of the righteous. Okay, here's what I wanted to say, what Hannah then declares. She, and I, you can take the time and read through that prophecy, but I want to highlight verse 8. It says, He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And He has set the world upon them. Do you see what took place this morning after worship? My mom said, there's pillars in this room. And what do pillars do? We haven't spoken. But there's a spirit of prophecy in the room. When we come together and we worship and we tap into the Holy Spirit and we start saying what God says... For God is the pillars of the earth of the Lord, and He has set the world upon them. And those pillars are us, the princes. Just I know you don't want to stand still as a pillar, but, <laughs> but God is, it says the government will be on His shoulders the governments of the world will be on His shoulders. Who's His body? Someone. Who is Christ's body? Okay, we're His legs, His hands, His feet, and the government rests on what? The shoulders. Us, the body. The pillars of the world. That's where it's supposed to rest on. And then Jesus says pray for your governments. Be thankful for your government. That's a hard one. (laughs) But now we're prophesying as princes. Because the government ain't going to rest on my shoulder unless I pray for it. Unless I prophesy over it because it needs something to rest on. But when we walk out of the palace, we're grumbling and we're complaining about the government this and the government that and the petrol price this and that. Me too. Me too. Being compl- and God's saying, if you're going to complain, then it's not resting on your shoulder. We've got to be taking that step forward. And the first step forward is in the palace room. And the first step forward is what we start declaring out of our mouths. What we start declaring. Are we proclaiming a hope and a future? Not only for our government, but for our nation, for our suburbs, for our communities, for our schools, for our families. Do you wake up in the morning and declare a hope? And a good future for yourself. What are we declaring? What are we speaking? Are we have we departed from the palace, or are we in the palace? What Hannah declared here was basically that 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 paupers would become princes. The poor will be lifted up into places of of noble. Let me just read that again. He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit the throne of glory. The difference between a pauper and a prince, a pauper expects to be served, but a prince is always ready to serve. Does that make sense? So how, exactly, how are we positioning our thoughts? How are we positioning ourselves to step forward? Think about it. Just think about it. Sila all week if you want to. <laughs> As I was prepping, God said, Cre- the carefree daughters are going to become the Esthers of our nation. The carefree daughters are going to become the Esther's of our nation, ready to speak. What was Esther's calling? To speak. She went into the throne room and she said, I've got something to say. And that was her step of faith. That's what distinguished Esther from the rest. She was willing to bring something before the King and declare God's calling and purpose in that situation. We were just praying for something in the week and God brought up Psalm 40. And this is what it just says. I'm going to leave us there. It says, this is for those that have a cry for help. It says, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord... And He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, steadying my steps and establishing my goings. He has put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. God wants to turn your cry into a song. May your cry become a song of praise. As you are prayed for and as you pray, princes will pray and prophesy. Is that good? good. Let's give God glory. So we want to activate a little bit. Can we do that? Can we activate? I'm going to invite anyone who walked in this morning with a cry. If you can stand for us, please. If you walked in with a cry for help, if you said, God, when are you going to hear me? <laughs> when are you, you going to answer me? Joseph, I also once stood up like that. <laughs> if you walked in you said, God, I've got a cry, when, can I, you know, when, when will you hear me? If that's you today, say, God, I've been putting this thing in front of you, and will you just come and answer? Will you, will you stand so long? Will you stand? And here's the thing. God God wants to minister in love. He wants to minister in mercy and in kindness. And He wants to show His peace. He wants to demonstrate His love. And He wants to tell every person in the room this morning how much He loves us. And how much He cares for us. And, And may we all walk out of the room this morning with an awareness that that who of this God that is so 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 mindful of us, and so willing just to love us and 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 call out the goodness that He has placed in us. So, as you've gathered with someone, we're going to just let the music play for about five minutes, and and as you've gathered with that person, I want to encourage you to just say as you're standing with that person, say, Holy Spirit. You're welcome in the room. You're welcome here right now. And Holy Spirit, we just sense your presence. And, and just, just put your hand on that person until you feel the Holy Spirit's anointing start to burn in your chest. And still you start to sense His love just flowing over your body. And then ask the Holy, ask the person that you're standing in front. Say, what can I pray? How can I pray for you? And then you, you take it to the Holy Spirit and you say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to, sh- to pray right now? What do you want me to declare over this situation? And you break down the lies and you glorify God and you declare His truth over these situations so that we can become saints that are building up the body, edifying the body and lifting the body to His perfection. Is that good? So, Father, I'm just going to pray over our group and over our church this morning. Lord, we pray for miracles to take place in the room right now. We ask for prayers to be answered and we pray for prophetic declarations to be declared that will bring freedom and hope in every situation. Lord, who are you that you're so mindful of us? We exalt you and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Take some time just to pray for the person that you're standing with in the way that I just encouraged you to. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.